the atmosphere of all the Irish fans and it was just incredible to see those green jerseys walking around like really and truly Irish fans Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team Now you're welcome along we were uh, talking about the Women's World Cup already on the show today there is another World Cup very much on the horizon September is coming into view Uh, one of the players who really I mean very few players have made such an impact so early on in their time in an Irish jersey as Mac Hansen, who joins us now. Mac, you're very welcome to the show. Good to talk to you. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. i got to let the radio listeners know there's very sad news. Mac Hansen's shaved his head. The hair is gone, yeah. Yeah, time for, uh, you know, I just like to keep people guessing, as I've been saying. So, um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying having the short hair, going through that phase of, of my life. It's a nice little change up. Mac, I can see you front on. I'm praying there's a hell of a mullet there behind. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Maybe that's the next thing. Next Maybe I can uh, I'll start a poll on what I should grow next. Oh dear. Okay. I'm just presuming you lost another bet. That's what happened to your hair, frankly. So that bad is it? The the new haircut? No, it's just your 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 original <laughs> hair was so glorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh look the the bleach kind of just absolutely killed it. So um, I'm on the on the road back. I know I've got a uh, long road ahead of me, but, you know, the hell me. Don't worry. (laughs) You're still looking good. Don't worry. Um, The the reason I mentioned you must have lost another bet. So uh, generally when we speak to athletes, I'll have to read some kind of promotional line whereby, you know, Mac Hansen is here promoting a protein drink or a Whoop or a Fitbit or eggs or take your pick. Uh, This is one of the more novel lines I've had to read. So you can explain a bit more to me what's going on here. Uh, so what I got was we're joined by Red Bull athlete and Irish rugby international Mac Hansen, who tomorrow is taking the next step on his tattoo adventure. Red Bull is reuniting the flying winger with former professional rugby player Jim Hamilton and the legendary Scottish lock will settle a long standing wager between himself and Hansen live on Red Bull Ireland's TikTok page. Tune in to at Red Bull IRE tomorrow at 5.30 for more. The next step on your tattoo adventure and it involves a wager with Jim Hamilton. I'll be honest with you, Mac. Alarm bells are ringing. <laughs> uh, look, you know, uh, me and Jim made made a bet a good while back, as as pe- uh, a good good amount of people know. Um, and I was lucky to come out on the better end of it, to be honest. So yeah, it's um, it's how do we, as you said, like the tour keeps happening and. Um, yeah, Jim's paying his bets, which is which is good to see. Okay, sorry. So, it's the next step of Jim Hamilton's tattoo adventure, not yours. It's Hamilton who's having to divvy up. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm safe. I'm finally finally won a bet, which is nice. Okay. Well, you know what? The the Faz the Faz tattoo was was a good win as well. Um, not many people can have a great excuse to chuck their coach's face and leg, but I had a very good one. So, um, that was good. Somehow this had passed me by until I knew I was talking to you today where I, I, you know, as I would customarily do, I put your name into Google to see what was going on in your world. And I saw Mac Hansen lost bet to Johnny Sexton and therefore has Andy Farrell's face tattooed on his thigh. And I thought, ah, no, that can't be right. But uh, it turns out it's true. So Andy Farrell is what on your right thigh? He is. He is. Yeah. How does Andy Farrell feel about this? Um... 
I think he likes it. Yeah. No, he um, he he knew it was happening. So he he said to me, um, if I didn't have it on my leg, I wouldn't I wouldn't be coming into camp. So <laughs> it's a better sign than uh, not letting me into camp because I had it on my leg. Okay. So the deal was, if Ireland won the Grand Slam, you had to get the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. So I obviously wanted to get it. You know. Knew, I knew it was something we could do. So it was, as I said, it was just an excuse. I was, it was something I was always planning on getting. Okay. Jeez, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be having last minute doubts, Mac. I'd be maybe throwing the game just to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we almost, we almost did. To be fair, we uh, it wasn't our best game of the tournament, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's as I said, worse reasons to get a tattoo. Well, let's talk rugby then. September is both in the distance and also rapidly approaching. It's that kind of weird stage, I'm sure, for the players. How have preparations been going? You've been in camp, obviously, a while now. Is it time in there and then time off and and a lot of fitness work or is it more tactical? Or give us a sense of what's been going on, say, over the last couple of weeks in all this rain as well. Um, Yeah, we've been... um, We've been training hard. It's been been hard, but um, but a fair campaign. So, at the time being, everyone's just kind of got a little pre-season going um as i said putting in a lot of groundwork to build for these next couple of weeks um we've got a game against italy next week so there is an end in sight to the pre-season which is good mm. a lot of people will be very relieved of that and pretty much after that we're, we're kind of fully into it we have a training camp then into another game and um yeah it's pretty go 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 from now on so uh, it's definitely starting to ramp up and definitely yeah. starting to kind of hit home that you know we're off to World Cup soon. In a preseason of a World Cup year like this, does everybody lift it a couple of notches? Are, are people knocking out PBs in the gym and and there's a sense of I'm going to get fitter than I've ever been before, or or maybe is that counterproductive in some ways? How do you approach it? The, the staff have set it up really well for us to kind of um, you know put up good numbers, get in good shape without kind of absolutely draining us and, and um, yeah, taking it out of us towards the, the start and the end of the tournament. So, uh, as I said, like, it, it has been hard, but it has been good in, in the sense of how they've done it all. It's given us opportunities to kind of try hit, hit PBs if we want to, but also, you know, reel it back in if that's something that you feel you need for, for a week or so. So, yes, um, yeah, no, it's, been, it's, it's been very fair on, on everybody. I know you've probably talked about this plenty, but if you'd indulge me for uh, a moment, your move over here, I feel like it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know, does the story get exaggerated through retelling or not? Like, it's now distilled in my mind to, oh, Mac used to drink in the same bar as Andy Friend's son. And so <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's almost like Moe's Tavern where someone rang and said, anyone want to play rugby in Ireland? And you almost put up your hand and said, I'll go. <laughs> Um, you know, I so me and me and Andy's son are good mates. Um, yeah, drink. He worked at the bar. And I, I drank there. So, um, and then I, I kind of was already talking to Friendy as well. So it wasn't like he was a sort of middleman going, okay. "You got to sign this guy" or anything like that. Okay. But you know, it is a better story. So, um, yeah, people can tell it however they want to. Yeah, and. When you were making the move to Ireland or when you were de- talking uh, with Andy Friend, like, was playing for Ireland a big part of the ambition? Like, were the IRFU involved in that? Was this kind of a, you know, a, I'm going to go and I'm going to try and play for Ireland? Or was it more so just a, I'm going to go to Connacht type move? Um, I went over knowing, like, you know, well, I had the 
had my passport, had my mum's heritage behind me as well. Uh, knowing that, you know, hopefully one day I could play some good footy and, and it could happen, but um, the short-term goal was just to go over and play some good footy and, um, yeah, and then just enjoy myself, travel, travel and try something new. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine that it was going to turn into this and how quickly it did. Um, it's been a roller coaster, but, you know, just enjoying the ride. So it, it's it's been great. It's unbelievable how quickly it all happened. I mean, it just whirlwind. You went over for the 21-22 season. I remember your, your first training camp with Ireland ahead of the 22 Six Nations last year. And I, got, I, I remember in the build-up to the tournament, Andy Farrell had said, yeah, I'm impressed with Mack Hansen. Um, but like, th- so impressed that he threw you in, your 2022 World Rugby Breakthrough Player of the Year. I think in your eight Six Nations matches, you've had three Man of the Match awards. Uh, you throw in the try against South Africa in November. It's, it's it's kind of insane. Uh, you you must have kind of been pinching yourself some way through the twenty twenty two Six Nations that it was happening so quickly. Yeah, we, it's um, oh for sure. Like when I made my debut and everything, um, it was it was definitely a pitchy moment. But kind of everything has been happening pretty quick. That it's I haven't had too good of a chance to kind of sit back and and really enjoy it all yet. You know, enjoyed the spoils of winning um, the Grand Slam and doing all that. Uh, two triple crowns as, as well. Um, so there has been some really high points, but no, I haven't haven't tried to look back on it all too much um, just yet. Just with you know the the main goals kind of coming up now. So uh, once all that's sort of done and and the World Cup's over, and hopefully be lifting that trophy. Then that's something I I'll definitely take a lot of time to to just kind of you know mm. really really enjoy it and appreciate kind of how far I've got. Not that I uh, haven't at the moment, but yes. this has always been the goal that we're kind of, you know, setting ourselves up for. So there's no no time to kind of look back just yet. No, I appreciate that. It's interesting you do say, hopefully lifting that trophy, you're not shying away from that kind of a talk. It is the stated ambition. This team is good enough. Uh, they're world number one team in the world to to talk about winning the trophy. Yeah, there's, there's a good few amount of teams that would be, that are good enough as well. And everybody's, you know, the World Cup, just it just hits different, kind of, doesn't it? It's a lot of high-pressure moments and everything, but as a team, we think we're ready, and I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we weren't talking about, you know, this is what we want to do. It's what every team wants to do. You don't enter the World Cup mm. uh, thinking you're going to lose or or anything like that. So that's our ambition, and, you know, we, we think we're good enough to, to get there, for sure. And I sense that's how this team has talked under Andy Farrell continually. Like, I, it definitely seems that even earlier this year, winning the Grand Slam was a stated aim, was talked about, and it's not like that tripped the team up. Yeah, no, we, you know, we've we've focused on everything as it's come. It's been a bit of a plan for the last, um, last like two years as, as far as I've been in there. Yeah. Everything kind of set up to focus on what we're doing for that time being. So, um, getting towards the World Cup, it, starting to think about it a lot more, but in the, um, in saying that, we're also thinking about the, the test matches that are coming up because end of the day, we still have three test matches to play against three really good teams, and then and then it's all World Cup chat. So we're kind of focusing on winning those as well. We we've broken a record for winning the most times at home, and we want to con- uh, continue that record as well. Um, you know, it'd be nothing worse than lo- uh, losing the Aviva as well as, as that. So yes, that's our main focus, our main goal, and then yeah, it gets it gets interesting. Well, it sure does. I mean, either way, assuming you make the quarterfinal, 
it's uh, France or New Zealand. Take your pick. Yeah, same with the semi-final, and then it's, who knows who's going to make it from the other end. Yeah. But you know, the, we've talked about it a lot. You, you've got to beat everybody anyway. Uh, anyway, so mm. um, yeah, it's a tough pool. It's a tough way to get there. But you want to you want to be lifting the the trophy. You got to you got to beat everybody in your way. As for your role in the team, Andy Farrell came out, uh, it might have been a year ago now, when people were talking about the style of play, and he was saying that when it comes to his wingers, he doesn't necessarily want tidy wingers who stay on the touchline and, and, and stay in their tram line. He wants messy wingers, was the line he used, getting involved in the game, smelling where the ball is, getting on the end of things. I mean, I, I, you're kind of the personification of that, really. You're popping up here, there and everywhere. I'm sure some of it is pre-planned and, and some of it isn't and, and, and you seem to thrive on that I would say um, I'd, I'd be curious for your sense of what it is you think Andy Farrell wants uh, from you and, and how you go about delivering it for Ireland uh, It's plain and simple Andy and, and all the coaches and all the staff and you know what like all the players everybody involved just wants you to be yourself so um, whether that's on the field whether that's off the field uh, it's, it's kind of something I've always done, I guess I wasn't really a, I wasn't winging my whole life growing up. So I've played in a good few positions and experienced some different angles, which I guess kind of helps me out a lot more. And then on top of that, it's just um, the players I'm playing with make it a lot easier for, for me to do my jobs. It's playing with some, some absolutely world-class players, um, some of the best players in Ireland history as well. So yeah. it's just learning how they play and learning what we're, how we want to play the game and then just, just getting your head around it and, and doing it. And Mac, like, have you licensed to, if you just, I don't know, based on your experience, on your instinct, on, on how you feel the game is going or what you're just smelling in the air, if you kind of feel, do you know what, I fancy a cut in field here and just seeing what's happening. You're allowed to do that. That you, There's an encouragement to do that, is there? It's just, yeah, the encouragement is literally just to play footy, you know, just um, don't be robots. You know, it, it, something might be happening. Uh, we might have a play call, but if if we see something better, take the opportunity. That's that's what footy's all about. It's just yeah, go out there, have fun, and yeah, and play what's in front of you. And that, to be fair, like some rugby players like being robots and like all the detail and having the pre-planned moves and sticking to a plan. I guess, as you say, you've played lots of positions. Maybe you've more of a feel for the game. You would have spent a fair bit of time at out half. Am I right in saying that as a youngster? At, at what position? Sorry, at ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten and ten and fullback were probably my main ones. Um, okay, growing. So that that must give you, a, a, as you said, a great appreciation of you know what others are thinking and and, and how you you can get involved. You're not uh, a stranger to being in the middle of the park. No, it also gives me a great appreciation for uh, not playing ten. Too many too many calls and <laughs> too many headaches gone <laughs> uh, for, for those lads. So um, no, but it definitely does. It it you know. I think it's a good thing of you know when you're younger and you're playing footy, don't don't kind of put yourself to one spot. Um, try out a few, and you know I never I growing up if you told me I was going to be a winger growing up I would have said you're crazy. But you know since I've been there and made the move, um, no, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it, and I think that does come down to just the sides I've been playing in, and we're playing some good fun footy and seeing a lot of ball um, mm. as well. So it, that always helps with with making you enjoy the game. Yeah, I'll bet. Am I right in saying mother from Cork? My mum's from Cork, yeah. So family's from um, Middleton and Castamata. 
was there a, a and by the way this isn't like a test you're you're allowed to say no i was an australian kid and i was just too busy living life to care about a country the other side of the world but was there a sense of irishness in the house did you feel half irish was that a big part of your your childhood or less so yeah, no, there, there was, I'm not, not just saying that as well, my mum's side of the family, they've all got, you know, thick cork accents and um, even though my mum was quite young when they moved over, my uncles and uh, and aunties were a little bit older um, and whenever we'd go to Nana's, it was always, Nana and Grandad's, it was always um, Irish stews and potatoes and, and a lot, so mm. uh, no, it definitely got the, both um, both sides of the culture, which was nice. Um and yeah, it. I actually went down to Cork. Uh, the last break, got down to Middleton and Tasmata. Got to see where, where um, where they grew up and where they lived, which which kind of hit home for me as well a lot. It was it was really cool to see where where my family grew up mm-hmm. over there. It's now a takeaway called Mister um, Tasty, I think, which is <laughs> quite bizarre. But um, yeah, it was it was really nice to kind of experience it a lot and yeah. uh, enjoy it. I hope Mr. Tasty gave you a free chicken and chips. He was closed. He was closed. Otherwise, would have loved to. I'll have to head back some other time. Um, yeah, shout out to Mr. Tasty. Yeah, we can bring the World Cup to Mr. Tasty in uh, six months' time. How about that? Um, what an amazing and unexpected journey for the Irish side of the family then. What are they making of this uh, unexpected turn of events? Oh, look, they've been incredibly supportive. I, I definitely didn't get to talk to them enough growing up. And one I didn't know I had so much family over here, I'll be honest with you on that part. Um, but ever since I've come over, everybody's uh, been reaching out to me and um, I was lucky enough to go down and see them, spend time with them. And they've come up to Galway a couple of times and it definitely made me feel home away from, from all my other family back back in Oz. So it's been, it's been cool. I, I, they just treat me like a normal person, which I am. So um, there's no no real chat about um, the footy or they never really – they never ask me for tickets even though I can get them some. <laughs> they always buy their own, which is um, – I think it just shows, you know, that they just see me as family. They don't see me as a, yes. as a rugby player. A uh, slightly random question. Why did Australia not have you playing for Australia? Uh, in – at the time, I kind of wasn't. Uh, I wasn't playing a lot for Brumbies, and I was lucky enough to play a bit more before I came over and could string a few, few big, uh, good games together and whatnot. Um, and then, in, on the other side of that, it's probably just like Oz have some some very good wingers at the moment. Mark Nathaniawasi and um, mm. and Corabetti are, you know, they're they're unbelievable. They're two. Um, Two wingers that have been playing great footy, and then there were some guys that I was even playing with, like uh, Andy Muirhead and uh, Tom Wright and, and and stuff like that, that are great wingers. That uh, well, Tom Wright's been getting more of a go, but Andy, you know, he he's been playing great footy for years and years and never really got a go. So okay. it's hard to say, um, hard to say really. But I know there's just a lot of really good depths down there um, in that position. So uh, that's just kind of the way it played out. Yeah. Well, look, I'm I'm sure they feel like you're one that got away now. So. Uh, you must feel like you're playing the best rugby of your career, I guess. And as I mentioned, you've you've had this knack of getting player of the match awards and scoring big tries and big games. Honestly, one of the, and I'm curious for what was going on in your head, one of the most ridiculous, freakiest, amazing tries I've seen in the last 18 months of rugby was your try in the Stade de France from kickoff after 
seven eight minutes um i mean i i, I it, bizarre really like extraordinary one how you didn't get clattered and smashed i don't know but uh you would just seem to be eyes for the ball eyes for the ball like your memory of that crazy 10 seconds um so we'd we planned pretty much all week to kick rice and then it was just a switch of play we just saw they set up a bit different on the left and i uh i said that see i said it before i just knew if i didn't sprint as hard as i could faz would have just yelled at me so um that was literally the only thing going through my head just just sprint get the tackle and then go from there and then um as i'm sprinting i, I just saw i was getting closer and closer to the ball and um yeah, it just it went over his head, and it was kind of just stick the hands out and hope. And I was lucky enough to just right in the midst. So um, there wasn't too much thought going through my head. It was yeah. that was the only one of just don't get yelled at at halftime. Okay, that's the key message. Andy Farrell yelling at anyone's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's next job, next job focus, which he's, he's very uh, clear about. But you know, though, like, so, I mean, a great instinctive try on your part and, and such an unusual one. But even I hadn't realised you were planning to go to the other side of the pitch and then the switch because you're reading what's in front of you. That's that again goes to your point about, as you would say, it, playing footy, playing what's in front of you. Don't be don't be overly programmed. Yeah, yeah. That, and that just came down to um, that was Joey. Joey Carberry was playing at the time and, um, you know, it just shows the the depth and as I think how far we've come as, um, yeah, not playing what we said we were going to be playing and, uh, as you said, just taking the opportunities when they present themselves. So Yeah. Is Galway starting to feel like home? Do you feel settled there? I do, I do, yeah. I've got a house here actually um, in Galway. got a dog. I have a go- uh a girlfriend, she's not a Galway girl, unfortunately, but she's from Sandy Mountain, Dublin. Um, so no, it's definitely feeling like home, and everybody around me has made it made it feel a lot like home as well. I got some great friends, and as I said, got some family over here, and mm. um, plan on being here for the next while at least. Yeah, what's the dog called? Lemmy, named after uh, lead singer Motorhead. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you'd be <laughs> mad to pick any other name, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm into my rock, and so is he. He's actually next to me at the moment, um, being a little pain in the ass. But uh, no, he's a good dog. He's a good boy. Well, we appreciate him. He's been very quiet. And I guess Connacht, uh, the, the style of rugby that Connacht play. I mean, it's really interesting. I'd, I'd say ten or fifteen years ago, not least because of the weather, Connacht would have played um, a very different style of rugby. Whereas now, it's skills and passing and running rugby and and again that must all suit you down to the ground yeah that was the thing that i kind of talked to andy about um before coming over and he said they wanted to play expansive style of footy that and i think that's why we kind of we do so well especially at home at the moment um you know we we train in the rain and wind we live in it um so it's made uh, if anything it's actually helped our skills a lot like we're not we're not afraid to play uh, in those conditions no matter how bad it is um i think that's what makes it a really tough place to come down to not everyone's experiencing it pretty much 24 7 like we are but um you know we've all learned we all learned love it in the end yeah and geez i'd say then on a dry day you must all feel like you can't miss yeah it's almost a bit bizarre it's like you're it's it's crazy it actually is if you get a nice sunny day especially in winter time um it's almost like a bit of voodoo for us i don't know it feels <laughs> feels strange playing in in the sun yeah so uh, I, in terms of camp then 
keeping things entertaining, interesting? Have you had any uh, notable people come in and talk to the squad or come in and play music or anything like that going on at the moment, Mike? We've had we've had a good few amount of people come in um, and and kind of just normally every Thursday, um, yeah, Mick, the, the manager of the team, kind of gets someone in to, to go over and talk to us and change things up in that retrospect which is really cool you you meet some really interesting people lucky enough to um yeah hear a lot of really really cool stories uh and then we also have uh crack they we call it just a bit of crack between players um mostly before meetings and and mostly tuesday night as well uh dave kilcoin's a a big part of that he brings plenty of crack and along with john fogarty as well um they, t- they seem to be the two that are setting up the games and whatnot, and they do a pretty good job at us. So, sorry, what does crack entail? <laughs> it's just games, pretty much. Okay. It's going back to being a bit of a child, if I'm being honest. it's uh, What did we play the other day? We played a kind of red light, green light uh, sort of game where when when Killer turns around, you've got to kind of hide behind something and, uh, you know, try to get past him. In the end, you know, bringing it back to the roots, pretty much. Uh, very... <laughs> very childish games but you know they seem to work the boys seem to enjoy them a lot hey listen red light green light or a book club we're all picking red light green light in fairness <laughs> um, we, are, we are anybody um, anybody not to put you on the spot make an impact on you of the speakers who've been in on a Thursday I don't want to put you under pressure for names if you can't remember names but anybody interesting uh, look, as, as I said, I kind of don't want to leave anybody out we've, everybody that we've had in has been has been great they, they kind of been bring different things as well. Um, we had a bloke called, uh, called uh, Kenton Cool, who he's he's climbed Everest um, 17 times, I think it is, he was wow. saying. Wow. Uh, yeah, he, he talked a lot about, you know, kind of, um, he, he talked a lot about kind of things that we're implying into our, into our squad at the moment and how he kind of uses those for his climbs, which was, which was great. Um, we also had Gregory um, Harrington, who is an unbelievable violinist who came in and kind of changed up. Um, he did a lot of versions of like classical versions of, of rock songs and stuff. It was, it was amazing. So mm. uh, as I said, I could go on and on with the amount of people we've had. Everybody's been amazing. Uh, they're just two, I guess. Yeah. Two. Uh, you know, I remember Kenton just cause he, he Kenton calls a pretty, cool name yeah uh, and then yeah greg was he was not just the other week and as i said he was he was really cool yeah no i can imagine you need to get those guys playing some green light red light with kilcoin afterwards that'd be the the perfect Thursday. i don't know if they can we're, we're very good at the kids games now <laughs> i would we say so um listen i know you got to run thank you so much for your time great to talk to you the very best look obviously uh the World Cup it's going to be an epic uh, couple of weeks to say the least and also the best to look tomorrow when it would seem on the Red Bull TikTok channel Jim Hamilton is going to have to tattoo something awful onto his body at your request so um, I look forward to that as well Mac Hansen real pleasure thanks a million Mac great talk to you thank you likewise cheers Mac Hansen with us there live on the line and Wednesday Night Rugby and Off the Ball is with thanks to Vodafone Ireland's most reliable network and proud sponsor of the Irish Rugby Team Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team